dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Ways to avoid rubbish video calls. In these times of university closures and social distancing, many of us have transformed overnight from lab and office workers into home workers and telecommunicators. With most of us now relying on video conferencing apps like Zoom and Microsoft Teams to keep in touch with colleagues, as well as older relatives and for Saturday night parties and dates. But that's probably for a different blog. No surprise that with our homes and workplaces merging into one, the boundaries between our personal and professional lives are beginning to blur and awkward situations ensue. Note to self, remember to mute before you flush. Three weeks into lockdown, and I am sure a few of you have had video calls with colleagues who have joined meetings in odd places, like the shed at the end of the garden or the bathroom to avoid the children. Then there are those colleagues who relax completely and let their children and pets become part of the meeting and have taken to wearing onesies. You know who you are. It's cute and touching, but it can also be really annoying and make a meeting last twice as long as it needs to, or just trash the whole thing, not to mention making some colleagues feel uncomfortable. No one wants to be a stick in the mud, particularly when everyone is just trying their best under incredibly difficult circumstances. But if we learned anything from Robert Kelly and his children in that famous BBC interview, it's that we can be prepared. So here are a few tips to help. To help your colleagues. A little preparation goes a long way to making video calls more tolerable. You need an agenda. Just like physical meetings, someone really needs to chair. You need someone to make your virtual meeting engaging and succinct. It's easy to get sidetracked. But do you need minutes? Well, one benefit of this format is the potential to simply hit record and then email a link to everyone who couldn't attend. Personally, I think a combination of the two works best. Take a note of the key actions and email everyone afterwards with a link to the recording should they want to watch back, and a note of the key actions. I asked my Twitter friends for their own top tips, and I particularly liked one from Sarah Gregory. If it's a big meeting or you have people new to video conferencing, I think it can be good to find a way to get everyone to speak at least once in the meeting, even if it's just their introduction or having people lead different sections of the meeting. When you're setting the agenda, think about asking each of the attendees to lead a section and think hard about why people are attending. If they don't have to contribute, do they really need to be there? They could just be sent the recording and watch at their leisure. Katie Roberts suggests that a good chair should ask quieter members of the team if they have anything to add, if you think it would help them. I find that video chats can benefit those with louder voices even more than in real life, but also think that video is better than just voice for chatting like this. Nikki Taylor makes a good point. Ask people to name themselves appropriately when signing in. Example, if it's first name only, helps with privacy, or full name so hosts know who they are letting in, example on Zoom. Also consider the benefits of using gesture in video calls to confirm agreement, stroke disagreement, or to signal a desire to speak. Dementia voices use I want to speak cards 
or participants hold something up bright. This means turn taking is adhered to without lots of disruptive noise. Check the tech. The main problem of a terrible video conference is the quality of the connection. If you can't see or hear people, what's the point? Before you start, run a quick test. One, preview your webcam. Mac users can launch the photo booth app and window users can click start button, then camera. Most apps such as Zoom, Skype, Teams and Hangouts allowed you to start an empty meeting. This allows you to check your picture, adjust your lighting, camera angle to make your face look properly lit. This might not be tech related, but importantly, be mindful of your backdrop. Anything you wouldn't want your colleagues to normally see should be moved. Like your copy of Fifty Shades of Grey on the bookshelf. Yes, I'm one of those people who will judge you. Or dirty laundry. Tim Skellett agrees with me. Check your background first, although he won't judge you quite as harshly as I do, based on your choice of literature or artwork. Although Twitter is, I see if you follow the thread, hashtag bookcase credibility. If you really can't be bothered to tidy up, some apps do allow you to blur your background or even use a virtual background. But please choose something professional, not the command center of the Starship Enterprise. Nikki Taylor suggests, ideally don't have your camera facing doors where others enter. Ask people to disable video if they have to move away for any reason. I've been on trips around houses and gardens and it can be distracting for remaining participants and can compromise the individual's privacy. Anthony Marta agrees. If using Zoom, learn how to change the background in settings. This is a tip rather than directed at anyone here. Sounds like he's seen something he can't unsee. Number two, test the mic. If you're using a headset with a built-in microphone or use an external microphone, you may need to tell the app you're using to use the mic from your device. The microphones included on laptops will probably be deep by the default. You may not realize the laptop mic is being used until everyone complains they can't hear you. Try having a video call with a friend to test the background and sound and then adjust accordingly. On this subject, think about background noise, but I'll come to that later. Number three, internet speeds. Bandwidth and services are slowing down in many areas. Visit net to check your internet speeds. If you're coming up at least 15 to 20 megabits per second, there's a good chance your video is going to look pixelated and there may be a delay on your audio. There are lots of articles on out there on suggesting ways to improve this, but here are a few suggestions. If you really have to, you can turn off video, but this should really be a last resort. Before you get to that stage, run around the house, turn off or disconnect the Wi-Fi on other devices that might be sapping your bandwidth. Example, tablet, smartphone, skybox, the kid in the room next door streaming Netflix and playing Fortnite. Turning off their devices, not the children. You need boundaries. We know that families are important than ever right now. Keeping your loved ones close is important. However, that doesn't mean your colleagues want your boyfriend in his pants or dogs on his laptop or 
children screaming and bouncing on your head. With children at home, this can be difficult, but that's why, where possible, it's important to take a video call in a place where you can draw boundaries and be alone. The easiest way is to close the door. If you lack a home office and work from the dining table, then there really is no escaping the distraction. Just mute yourself and turn off the camera until you need to contribute. And find yourself a good set of headphones or move to the bedroom. Okay, I'm not suggesting you leave your two-year-old daughter to fend for themselves for two hours, so in those instances, use mute. This brings me back to my earlier point. If you really don't think you can join without causing a distraction, then see if you can just watch back later and try and schedule for when there will be less distraction. Kids and pets may want to say hello, and that's fine during the first few minutes, but after that, hmm. So think about making muted your default. Daniel Edie says, put the dog outside or in another room if you're working from home, as they definitely always want to join in at the wrong moment. Concentrate. If you have something better to do than be on a video call, example, answering emails, etc., it will be more polite to excuse yourself than to remain on a call and obviously not paying attention. Kicking out keyboard tapping noises. Back to the point that do you really need to be there? Paying attention to what's going on is important for another reason too unwelcome visitors. Nikki Taylor provides a good reminder. As the host, you're responsible for security, so take this very seriously. Be informed and ready to act quickly if uninvited guests appear. Keep learning and understanding the limitations of security settings and remind participants of their role in keeping meetings secure. When the tech lets you down, move on. If you weren't working from home, would you be video calling? The old-fashioned telephone is just as good. Give it a few minutes and then quickly give up and use a conference call instead. Final thoughts. It could be a long time before we get back to normal. And who knows, maybe this change of working will inspire more of us in future when distance working is an option rather than a requirement. My dog really hopes this is the case. I would love to hear your stories of video calls gone bad or further tips on how to make these calls work. Tweet us using the hashtag ECR Dementia. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.